Do you know more about the Real Housewives than you do about your own family? Do you have strong opinions about Cody Brown's move to Flagstaff? I know I do. If that also sounds like you, then this is the podcast for all your reality TV pleasures. Recaps of episodes, reality TV gossip, and whatever I may feel like sprinkling in between. So come along with me, your host Catherine, on my adventures in reality TV. Hello, everybody. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. I hope everybody had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Well, to my American listeners, I hope everybody's doing well during this holiday season that's starting to kick off. Countdown to Hanukkah, Christmas, Kwanzaa, Boxing Day, all the fun stuff is coming up. Um, So I hope everybody's taking care of themselves, had a lovely weekend. Um, Yeah, I, I had a lovely Thanksgiving Went home and saw my in-laws and my parents. Now I'm home. It's a rainy day where I live. You know, it's been a nice relaxing weekend. Not as productive as I was hoping, but you win some, you lose some. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So we are going to be talking about the new episode of Sister Wives today. Uh, This one was a, a good one as usual. This season is coming out with banger after banger after banger. I wanted to first just touch on some Real Housewives of Potomac. I haven't been covering it as thoroughly as I had hoped to be, but this past week's episode that came out last Sunday was a real doozy. We see uh, things get a little physical between Mia and Wendy. Well, more on Mia's part. Wendy more just like kind of sits, or uh, Wendy more just kind of like really shows a lot of self-control because I don't know if I could have sat in that chair while Mia tossed a drink in my face and not beat the shit out of her. Anyways, um, (laughs) so let's talk about that. Uh, Mia starts going ham um, because we see fucking Peter Thomas come in, worst businessman ever on the eastern seaboard, to, I don't know, start shit, get Mia all hyped up. He claims that Wendy and him were supposed to go in on this restaurant. Wendy hasn't gotten back to him, but now Wendy's showing up in his town at his restaurant, uh, mind you, to be a patron, to give you business, and to put your failing restaurant on TV. But, okay, get mad at that, Peter. Um, And so, of course, this puts a B in fucking Mia's bonnet, because according to Mia, and... How surprising is this? Mia and Peter are like family. Yeah, I, I guess shitty business people flock together, don't they? Anyways, uh, this gets Mia all bothered, and she has to insert herself into this not-existent business plan that Peter and Wendy are going through. Um, and I love it. Wendy's like, uh, what are you talking about? Mia's like, you have beef with Peter. Wendy's like, I don't have beef with men. (laughs) I love that. And Mia tries to make this whole thing like, oh, you didn't tell Peter you were going to be in Miami. And Mia's like, why do, or Wendy's like, why do I need to tell Peter that? He's not my husband. We don't play like that. Well, Mia then throws a drink in Wendy's face. And Wendy starts going on at this point saying, oh, what? You probably have fucked Peter. That's why you're so worried and in his business. You've probably fucked him. I know you fuck men. You fuck women. All of this. <laughs> and Wendy really starts letting the chopper spray, which she should. Mia goes ham and throws a fucking drink in her face. If, I mean, 
violence is never the answer, but Jesus Christ, the the self-control Wendy had to not just go up there and mollywop her is, is insane. Um, so anyways, Mia gets all angry because Wendy did not get a hold of Peter to come to Miami, which is so stupid. And <laughs> this is where uh, Wendy starts kind of really f- adding fuel to the fire and starts calling out Mia and she's going, oh, so you're a CEO, huh? That's how a boss lady acts. That's how a boss woman acts, throwing drinks on another woman and going on and on. At this point, Robin is starting to film the whole thing because she doesn't want to have any he said, she said stuff. No, you're just a lazy fucking Eeyore, Robin. And so you're sitting there acting like the fucking instigator and a bully with your fucking phone out like world star over there. Shut up. Um, and Karen, by the grace of God, missed that drink because she was sitting in between. Well, actually, as Karen says, because God loves her, she missed that drink that Mia threw at Wendy because she was sitting right in between the two of them. Holy moly. Um... But Wendy, you know, is going off about Mia. Mia walks away for a minute. She comes back. They start fighting again about this. Wendy is going on again saying, oh, you're some CEO, huh? You're a big boss lady, a business owner. <laughs> Which I have to admit is really funny. Uh, especially because we, what we've recently learned about Mia's um, business situations and how her accounts were all taken away from her and all of her shady business dealings with her and Gordon, her old husband. I don't, it all smells like money laundering and thievery to me, but allegedly, allegedly. So the episode ends with pretty much Mia again going crazy and throwing her phone towards Wendy And, like, throwing a napkin and, like, pretty much having to be separated by the security guards. um, And, you know, leaving the restaurant they're at. Remember, all over Peter Thomas's business. Business that isn't even happening. And so, what this all started, Peter said, oh, Wendy left me on red. I wanted to do this business stuff and Wendy hasn't gone back to me with the paperwork. When really, we look at Wendy's text messages... And Peter is saying, oh, we have a spot maybe that we can, you know, lease out for the restaurant. Wendy wants to do a tour. Peter says, all right, I'll get back to you on that. And never got back to her on that. So it looks like the ball was in Peter's court. And like Nene always said a long time ago, fucking Peter Thomas, or should she say Patricia, always getting involved in women's business. And Mia, you got yourself all in a tizzy, throwing stuff, throwing a drink at somebody over Peter Thomas and a restaurant that doesn't exist and that failed restaurateur. Oh, my God. How silly. Like, put the clown nose on already. You silly, silly goose. Ugh. But I have to give Wendy lots of props. She held herself very well. Probably better than I would have in that situation. And I'm glad that she called out uh, Giselle and Robin because they all of a sudden had Wendy's side and were saying that, oh, I'm sorry, they all of a sudden had Mia's side saying, oh, Wendy was instigating her and she was asking for it. However, if we remember three-ish seasons ago when Monique and Candace gotten into a fight 
you know, they were so appalled and were so disgusted by Monique that she got physical at all. But now they want to be sympathizers with Mia. And I'm glad that Wendy called that out because that's some really hypocritical bullshit. Remember Giselle bringing the fucking um, security guard three seasons ago when they went to go meet about Candace and Monique's fight? Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. I, this season, though, is explosive. I saw that, and I'm like, oh, shit. And then Wendy calls her a crater-faced bitch. I'll tell you, the worst part of my personality really enjoyed that. <sighs> All right. I talked enough about Real Housewives of Potomac. But, yeah, these last few episodes have been very good. I'm, I'm excited about the rest of the season and what's to come. Especially, uh... Ashley's divorce now that Michael Darby is like pretty much ghosting her ass. Oh, it turns out that things aren't so nice anymore now that he's actually divorcing you. <clears throat> Idiot. <laughs> All right, let's get into some sister wives. All right, so Christine is finally moving. It is moving day. The truck is ready to go. We see McKelty and Tony. Um, and Aspen's husband, Mitch, are moving stuff into the moving truck. However, at the same time that they are moving stuff into the truck, in typical Brown family bad luck, um, the offer that Christine had on her house fell through. So the house is back on the market. And, of course, also in typical Brown chaotic moving fashion, the same day that Christine is trying to get all of her shit out to move, people are also looking at the house. (laughs) Of course, a brown family move can never be simple or easy or even done in one day or like one trip (laughs) because we find out Christine has to leave a bunch of her stuff in the garage because she can't take all of it with her in one move. Um, As we remember, when the wives moved from Lehigh to Las Vegas, they had to leave a bunch of shit behind. Poor Peyton is probably traumatized still to this day because he had to leave a bunch of his toys behind. Papa Logan, you know, really laid the hammer down with that one. That's an old throwback to season one. Um, You know, and then remember when they moved from Vegas to Flagstaff? Shit, it took Mary probably 15 months to finally move from completely from Vegas to Flagstaff. Like, come on. Uh, So Christine is is keeping up with family tradition in that sense. (laughs) But Cody, in a talking head, is reflecting on the goodbyes from the night before. And, of course, he says it was incredibly awkward, just like we all said. As I was saying last week, like, Jesus Christ, nobody needed this. And then Robin said it was awkward and horrible. And she has no idea what to do with it. And then she says that Christine disappears to a certain extent in her life. And, you know, she's if she ever runs into her while Truly's visiting... Robin's just going to stay stay out of her way, you know. Robin plays very monotone for the few bits that she's in this episode and plays very solemn Robin. I'm monotone. We're, we're helping the family as equally as possible. I'm going to stay out of her way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Christine says, you know, she knows she's leaving broken hearts behind in Flagstaff. Yada, yada, yada. But um, she notices that Truly is definitely stressed today and she's nervous. And we see a shot of Truly sitting at the kitchen counter. Poor kid. She's definitely looking stressed. And I don't think she wants to move to Utah. But you're off. You're on your way, kid. (laughs) 
So this is hilarious. Robin says, it's hard to be optimistic when a bomb has gone off around her and everything has just destroyed. This is dramatic. And this is my favorite line, probably. Write this down for the history books of Robin. She says, the collateral damage will last for generations. <laughs> Christine leaving your husband, who which has no impact on your life because you do not interact with each other, that collateral damage will last for generations, yes. But not your own divorce that you think was completely justified to get. That won't leave any collateral damage. Okay, Robin, but I... <laughs> the collateral damage will last for generations. Oh, man, that sounds like a omen, like a bad omen or something to, like, in, like, a Marvel movie. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Robin. Okay. Then we get a talking head from everybody's favorite sister wife, the most charming one of all, Mary, and she says that now that Christine's left, the public knows, and people are quite mean about it. <laughs> I can't imagine. I mean, shit, I have a podcast here where I call literally Mary an idiot. However, I am not the type of person to go and comment on Mary's Instagrams or send her nasty messages and stuff like that. But I can imagine there's a lot of people who do. Um, but, of course, Mary is saying people ask her all the time why she can't be strong like Christine and just leave. And they call Cody a whole bunch of names. Um, and this frustrates her. And she says that her and Christine have their own value regardless of Cody. Mary, that's, that's the exact fucking point. It's like, you, you almost get it. It's like, Christine realizes that she has her own value regardless of Cody. And so she left him. And I think that's the point with you as well. Is that not computing? It just like, whoosh, right overhead there. <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah, so of course Mary knows. People are asking her. She's, she's not an idiot, guys. Remember that. <laughs> so back at Christine's, getting ready to leave and packing up the truck for the last, well, not the last time, but all the shit she can uh, fit to take with her this time. Janelle comes over with some coffee and they cheers in the kitchen you know, to new beginnings, and Christine thanks Janelle for being one of her best friends, which I thought was very sweet. And in a talking head, Janelle says that um, they're people with shared life experiences, you know, they raised kids together, you know, they're going to stay great friends, which I'm very happy about. It. Janelle and Christine are very close, Janelle's been very supportive of Christine throughout this, which then leads me to think, is Janelle getting ready? Like, is this maybe opening Janelle's eyes that, like, she could leave Cody? And I, I, especially I say this knowing the end of this episode and, like, the preview for next week. It's like, come on, what's going to happen now? What is Janelle thinking after seeing Christine leaving? Um, but anyways, Janelle uh, says goodbye to Christine and she's really upset. She's crying, which is interesting because I don't think we've ever seen... I don't think I've ever seen Chris or Janelle this upset before and crying. I like, I mean, she's probably shed some tears maybe and like have shown a little bit of emotion, but I don't think I've seen her quite like sobbing like this before. Um, and yeah, she's really upset to say goodbye to Christine. And, you know, Christine says that Janelle's support has been wonderful and she couldn't have asked for a better friend. Mm, that's sweet. That's very nice. 
Um, I honestly have nothing sassy to say about that. I'm just very happy that Janelle and Christine have each other and like are great friends. And Janelle has been a really good source of support for Christine. So my Grinch heart grows three sizes listening to this. <laughs> so yeah, Christine is getting ready. She's, she walks out the door. She goes to the people are waiting in the driveway and she yells, let's go. And then McKelty yells out freedom. I mean, New adventure! And they hug. And Christine says, oh, you're the best therapy. I can't wait to live next to you. That, again, raises my eyes of like, what kind of, what do you mean by freedom? I think there's some spicy tea that McKelty has been hearing but doesn't share. And so she keeps playing that fence of like, no, Robin, you're also my mom too. And, you know, my mom leaving has nothing to do with our relationship. (laughs) We'll see. I think there's something more there. In a talking head, Cody says that he feels like he's just coping. Uh, Yes, that's what you do when you are uh, going through a hard time in your life you cope (laughs) and he really wants to tell christine that he loved her but why did you betray me you know he worked for this and that seems pathetic to him because she's leaving and she's done and he has to accept that but he doesn't want to because it's breaking his heart again cody with this whole idea of like it's very pathetic to feel sad and to feel heartbroken i guess um Because God forbid Cody feels any sort of sadness for a woman or express that he loved her. Um, I I swear, like I've said before, Cody has the emotional intelligence of a fucking worm. But I love it. It makes great TV. So God bless him. Now they are on the open road. They are taking the trailer to good old SLC. And we get a good flashback of, you know, some good memories over the 17 seasons. We see with Cody and Christine and the family. Christine and Maddie are playing in the kitchen back in the Lehigh house. Truly being born in the hospital. Um, Cody and Christine are dancing. And when they had that massive cul-de-sac party or something in Vegas. Christine says, you know, she did have a lot of good times there. But she's excited to move on, baby. It's time to go. We're in Utah. So they get to her new place. It's late in the night, but Aspen is there meeting them with the key. We have not seen Aspen in a while. Um, She looks good, and her husband is also around, Mitch. So we see the new house, and Christine goes in, and it's it's really nice. It's new, um, and Truly's really excited. She has two sinks, and I mean, I would be excited to live in there. That looks like a nice new condo apartment thing. I mean, I don't know how many bedrooms it is. Probably three bedrooms, I'd assume. But uh, yeah, Truly's new room is, you know, nice and big. And she's getting excited to be there. So that's all grand. Um, And then we get a talking head with McKelty and Aspen and their husband staying in the driveway. McKelty says that this has been stressful. Yeah, no help from your ass making them do that awkward-ass goodbye. (laughs) Look, that only added to the stress, you fucking dummy. And then Aspen says it will definitely be a lot of change because Christine has spent more than half of her life with the family. Which, yeah, I mean, she got married to Cody at 21 and she's going to be 50 soon when this was filmed. So yeah, pretty much almost 30 years altogether. Um, 
And Aspen's nervous how the family and the relationships will change because, you know, it already has. And I'm sure she's, she's makes it out to be like, uh, I'm definitely nervous how the relationships will change because they already have. And I think she's referring to um, COVID's effect on the family and, and how much Cody hasn't been around. So, And then we see Christine's room. And she is just elated because it's going to be hers. And she gets to decorate it however she wants, buy new furniture. You know, she's just excited that she gets to have her own space for a while. I can understand that. You know, new independent single woman just get to make the room herself, her own and everything. So then... Um, we are back in Flagstaff, and Savannah and Janelle, Savannah is Janelle's youngest daughter, they are at Christine's house to fill up their water jugs for the RV, because Janelle is still living, like, little RV on the prairie, and hand-filling up her jugs of water for that fucking thing. Oh, my. Couldn't be me. Couldn't be me. But, uh, because Christine's offer went... Uh, fell through on her house they can still go over to her house and fill it up from her fill up their jugs from the back tap instead of i don't know going to the fucking well wherever they did it before and how convenient cody was driving past christine's house and saw them going into the going behind the house and so he stops by and savannah says in a talking head that she really doesn't like having to do so many chores um, things that they wouldn't have to do in an apartment, like fucking lug gallons of water. <laughs> um, and she definitely says they did not know what they were getting into with this RV, but, you know, she has a good attitude, and I guess it's just something they have to do for now. Fucking poor kid. We usually don't get very many talking heads of Savannah. She's usually very quiet, but um, she reminds me so fucking much of... Janelle when she talks it's she's like a little Janelle clone but her and Cody well Janelle and Cody start talking about the offer on Christine's house falling through and this is where Cody suggests that Janelle buys Christine's house and flat out Janelle doesn't want to and I think what it is is because she knows she can't afford both mortgages so like she can't afford to buy Christine's house and also afford the financing to build her house on Coyote Pass. Her, well, her casita, her small house. If she bought Christine's house, she wouldn't able, she wouldn't be able to put the money then towards Coyote Pass, which I guess she's being able to now on the RV. Cody's point is that it's easier if they just buy this house and then Janelle will live in that instead of the RV. Because in Cody's mind, Cody doesn't, Cody is dragging his feet. He is not thinking about planning to build for Janelle. All he is thinking about is, I need to get Janelle into a house so I don't have to help her fill up these jugs of water anymore and pretend that I'm going to stay in that RV. That's what it's coming down to. Cody doesn't give a fuck that Janelle doesn't have money to pay for both the mortgage in Christine's house and put money towards paying off the property so they can build on Coyote Pass. All he cares about is that he can say, oh, I'm going to Janelle's house. I like that house because Christine had it. And I don't have to go in that fucking RV and live like I'm a fucking prairie person on Coyote Pass. Let's just put it out there. Anyways. Um, and then <laughs> Cody's idea is that what they'll do is they'll keep Janelle, uh, Christine's house 
once they all move on to Coyote Pass and use it as a rental property asset. All this episode, Cody is all about, we're going to have these rental properties, we're going to start a subdivision. He is going to become a real estate tycoon developer maven, okay? Uh, Watch out. Brown Properties is going to be popping up all over the place in Flagstaff. You just wait, people. (laughs) Remember, that was also the original plan with Robin's million dollar house. Wink, wink. (laughs) But anyways, Janelle's main point in all of this is she says she can't afford the mortgages on both houses. I'm also curious, like, is she paying on this RV too? Like, because I imagine she had to take a loan out on that. God, these people have so many fucking loans and mortgages and rental. I fucking, oh my God. What a headache. They're poor accountant. (laughs) God, tax time must be a fucking nightmare for these people. Um, Then Janelle tells Cody that they called their realtor friend, Kelly, and their friend Kelly said that uh, they're going to need to rent out Christine's house for two years for it to not count towards their debt-to-income ratio when they want to finance building on Coyote Pass. Um, And also, Janelle just doesn't want Christine's house. She wants to be on the property, and so that's why she's been doing all this shit that she's doing, living in the RV and all that type of stuff. Cody says that Janelle just isn't being open-minded, and, you know, whatever, two years, it takes a year to build anyways. Janelle says, no, that's the thing. I can't get a construction loan if I buy this house. And Cody just isn't listening to that throughout this entire fucking thing. Um, And... uh, That's really the thing Janelle keeps pointing out to Cody. I won't be able to afford to build on Coyote Pass if I have to put a down payment and pay a mortgage on Christine's house. Also, I don't want Christine's house. (laughs) Cody makes a point in in a talking head that uh, if Janelle didn't buy this RV, that she probably could buy Christine's house. Which, he may not be wrong about that, unfortunately. I fucking hate to say it. And then, um... You know, Cody is trying to bring up this point again. Oh, maybe if we pay off Coyote Pass this year, then we can fund building the house next year. Again, trying to drag his feet more about building on Coyote Pass. This fucking guy, he is not going... Cody, I think, would rather drink his own piss and get shot in the head than fucking build on Coyote Pass for any of his wives. Except maybe if Robin wanted to. But Robin doesn't want to because she lives in a million dollar house already. That she owns. <laughs> and of course, Janelle is like, no, I don't want to wait on this. It's everyone has lost sight on why we moved here in the first place. Mind you, okay, they are having this entire argument in front of Savannah on Christine's back porch while they're just filling up these water jugs. Savannah is going to be in therapy one day talking about this. And mm, God bless her. God bless her. I just hope that... This doesn't traumatize her even more than she's probably already been at this point in her life. <laughs> God, I can't wait for the the tell-all from one of the kids. Truly, truly is going to give us a tell-all in 20 years. I can't wait. It's going to be great. That's what I have to live for is for Truly Brown's tell-all. I can't die before that happens, okay? Um. Anyways, Cody's whole main point is, you know, he's saying, he's not trying to say they aren't going to build, but they want to get an asset in their name. Yada yada. Assets, assets, assets. And Janelle again brings up that the two years of renting won't count. You know, they have to rent out this place for two years to somebody else before it will count in their income to debt ratio. So Janelle says, where the fuck will I live then for those two years? 
This is when Cody, in a talking head, he gets this little sly smile on his face and he says that he's just being a little creative and argumentative with Janelle. Well, it's like, okay, Dick, you have a big-ass house with Robin to go back home to, and you just want to, like, play games and give her a fucking headache about trying to afford a a house or building on Coyote Pass. (laughs) And Cody says that the point he's trying to make to Janelle um, is to just get her into a house. And, you know, here's Christine's house ready and easy. Like I said before a few minutes ago, Cody doesn't give a fuck about the timeline for Janelle going to build. Cody has no intention of building on Coyote Pass. He is just like, let's get Janelle into a house so I don't have to fucking go to this RV anymore. Plain and simple. He wants to put a band-aid on this situation and just keep Janelle, like, kind of at bay. And then be able to go home to Robin and do his normal thing. Plain and simple. Janelle argues that she could be built in a year if they get the property paid off. Again, I'm like, how much more on this property do you have to pay off? Like, Janelle makes it sound like they're really close to being able to build. So why? Uh, It makes no sense. Then Cody says that we are just lacking creativity here. Why is creativity important? Like, you're just either talking about you afford the money to have the house and pay off Cody pa- Coyote Pass, or you don't. What creativity do you need to come up with here? Like, I, it makes no sense to me how, Co- how Cody is like, oh, we need to be creative. I'm trying to think of things. It's like, no, you're just trying to be difficult. You're not doing anything. You're not solving any problems. <laughs> And Janelle tells Cody pretty much flat out, like, the money that she would have to spend to put a down payment to buy Christine's house would almost pay off what they owe on Coyote Pass. So, has she, why don't, put that money down on Coyote Pass? What the fuck are you doing? Is it just sitting in an account somewhere? I'm, oh my god, I'm getting a headache from all this. I can't believe these people. I, I. I spent so much time taking notes on this part because I wanted to get all of this down to understand what exactly the points are being made here. And from what it sounds like is that Janelle has almost enough money to pay off Coyote Pass. And so she's arguing, I don't want to put that money towards buying Christine's house, a house she doesn't like. But Cody is like, nah, fuck it, just buy this house. It will be an asset one day. And... Cody argues that, like, they can do both. So now in Cody's mind, he's Mr. Moneybags. But also in later in this episode, he really makes a strong point that they don't have the money. So if they do have the money to do both, why aren't they paying the land off? What the... Again, the Brown family never makes any fucking sense. I'm so confused. How do these women stay married to a man who plays games with their money like this? Oh, my God. Mm. Well, I know why, because they were raised in a fucking cult and raised to, like, essentially obey men and their husband and look at him as the head of the family. Well, look where that fucking got you. Anyways. Um, Janelle disagrees that they could do both and says she does not think so. Again, all of this talk about money and this kind of like, no, I don't want this house, blah, 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 right in front of Savannah, who's just standing there cold-faced, like, hey. So then in a talking head, Janelle says she is the one who gets the taxes to the accountant, 
and she sees how the money is dispersed around from the family account. There was enough money for their debts and day-to-day expenses, and so she doesn't know what the other money was spent on. I'm looking at you, Robin, and your uh, Victoria's Secret credit card bills. Yeah, in case anybody forgot about that. It was found out quite a few years ago that uh, Robin has quite a bit of credit card debt from the old pink and Victoria's Secret store. And we've also seen many of uh, tabloid pictures of Cody and Robin at the mall outside of Victoria's Secret, unmasked, by the way, um, with many Victoria's Secret and pink bags in hand. (laughs) So I'm wondering where that money was spent on Janelle. I'm wondering too. So Janelle says that uh, if they were prioritizing like they were when they bought the other houses, that they could pay off the land. Again, looking at you, Robin. So then we get a talking head from Robin, and she's essentially giving her, like, politician's response on the matter. And she says that they've always worked together to take care of the whole family. They work together to buy Christine's house and to help with the kids. Now notice, she does not mention the part where they also helped to buy her million-dollar house. And I keep saying million-dollar house because, yes, it was a million dollars. Or 950000 something um, So now with the housing market, it's probably well over a million dollars that's worth. But Robin says that right now, they are not in the position to pay off the land. Hmm. That's interesting, because Cody was just telling Janelle a minute ago that they could do both if she bought Christine's house. So what is it? Hmm? Robin then continues and says she knows this has to be stressful and frustrating for Janelle, and it's stressful and frustrating for her, too, because all she wants is to get their butts on that property. God, she sounds so corny and fake. Like, get out of here, Robin. Like, such a politician's response. Like, we've always worked together to take care of the family. Um, We're not in the position to pay off the land, and I'm just as frustrated like Janelle. Okay. Shut up. I'm sure you're so frustrated, Robin. Anyways, Cody then in a talking head says it's interesting because Janelle has never talked about paying off Coyote Pass and building with Mary or Robin um, because he's all for putting money in that direction. I thought it was already your idea to put money in that direction because you the original point of moving to Flagstaff was to build on that property. But right now... In Cody's mind, he says they just don't have the money. So what is it? Do you have the money or do you not? Sir, what is it? I need a forensic accountant on this family immediately, okay? Anyways, Janelle makes the point again that um, this will just slow her down and she'll end up being stuck longer in a house that she doesn't want to be in. Very simple. And um, also, Janelle probably doesn't talk to Mary because Mary doesn't actually stay in Flagstaff ever. ever. And she knows that Mary has actually no interest in staying in Flagstaff because Mary's never around and Mary isn't part of this fucking family. Come on, people. (laughs) And she probably doesn't talk to Robin because Robin will say, oh, you know, Cody handles that. And Cody would throw a fit if Janelle went on her own and talk to the other wives without him because Cody always sees himself as the head of the house and he would have to have the final say on which family money is going towards you know what you know he if this happened and Janelle went and talked to Robin and Mary Cody would be griping going she went behind my back she disrespected me 
Well, he's already bitching about that in the episode, but it's like, don't act like you wouldn't be so upset because you see yourself as the head of this family and go, shut up, shut up, Cody. (laughs) And then of course he's arguing like the fucking boomer man that he is that buying is always fiscally responsible. Yes, we know that, Cody, but sometimes people just aren't in the position to buy a fucking house, especially in this housing market, where I bet Christine's house is like four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars at least. So, and if she's looking to put down maybe five, ten percent, like, come on. He... He acts like he's, like, anybody is able to do this because he gets to go back to Robin's house in the trees and, you know, do his steps and get his laps in in her mansion. And so fuck anybody else and everybody else should be able to do the same. Whatever. And then Janelle makes a good point in a talking head and she says that Cody never said, like, oh, hey, honey, let's do this. It's a house for you. But instead, it's been framed as how much he will miss this house and how much he loved this house. So it just seems like he's using Janelle's buying power to not lose a house that she likes. And so she'll end up just being stuck there forever. She's not wrong. (laughs) So back in the argument, uh, while they're filling up the jugs of water, Cody is saying, you know, yeah, but if you rent, you're not thinking like an entrepreneur. What a fucking dick. You're not thinking like an entrepreneur. Oh my God. People like that, that just, you always got to be trying to make it into a hustle. It's all, if you can't make money out of it, it's useless. Get the fuck out of here. And I'm so proud. This is Janelle. Janelle kind of snaps here and goes, yeah, Cody, I know, but I don't care. I want my own house. (laughs) And, you know, she says to him that she's moving into a rental for six months because she doesn't want to do the winter out on Coyote Pass. Then Cody says, well, I don't want to live in an RV. And Janelle says back to him, that's fine. You don't have to. We can rent in town for six months. And Janelle brings up again in a talking head, like, dude, you have a house. I don't. We have been in Flagstaff for four freaking years, and I still don't have a house. Mm. And that's on period, child. That's on period. (laughs) Um... Mary, again in a talking head, shows up and she says that financially the family has always worked together until very recently and they have always put money where it needs to go. Mm. So the money Mary made from selling her Vegas house went towards buying Robin's house. Um, Of course, Mary, the martyr of the family, still has no problem with renting. Yeah, because you have no fucking kids where you live and you still are never in Flagstaff because you're always traveling for, like, Lulu Row and staying with your girlfriend, Jen, at the B&B. So I don't want to hear from you, Eeyore. Cody, back in the argument, is saying that he understands why Janelle thinks they can't do both, you know, buy Christine's house and pay off the property. But, you know, if there's a will, there's a way. Oh, my God. And then he walks away and he leaves. Um... Cody, back in a talking head, then he says that, you know, he's been pushing the house on Christine for, or Christine's house on Janelle for a while, but she doesn't want to, she doesn't want the house, so, you know, he says if she doesn't want to work with Cody to figure out this problem, she can just figure it out on her own, and, uh, you know, she went through with buying this RV and this charade, he called it, he calls it a charade, and it's not working. God. Janelle says Cody uh, pretty much is not listening at all to her reasons and pretty much 
you know, he thinks that he can steamroll her into doing what he wants because that's pretty much what he does with all of his other wives. So, um, Cody then says he's not trying to force her into anything. He's just trying to have a conversation. Ugh. Typical fucking manipulator. I'm not doing, I'm not forcing you to do anything. I just want to have a conversation. You know, but in Cody's mind, she's going to do what she wants to do. She always has. Mmm, good one. <laughs> um, so now we're back with Christine, and she has a new buyer for her house. So she is back from Utah, and she is coming to grab the rest of her stuff, I guess. And truly is now staying the night at the RV with Janelle and Savannah, which I find fucking funny that uh, Janelle and Savannah are willing to host Truly, and Truly's willing to stay the night with them in the RV, but does not want to go to Robin's house. (laughs) Um, Truly is so polite. She's like, thanks so much for letting me stay. And I I just thought she was so cute and stuff, but she was showing up to Janelle's and um, her and Savannah are sitting at the picnic table and they say they're going to do some stargazing because we find out that Janelle is actually a very big astronomy nerd. I think that's kind of cool. Um, and then Janelle says, you know, oh, if I found a star, I'd name it my babies because I have so many babies that are now grown and some are very small still. You know, that's very cute. I, I, I hate to say it. I like Janelle. I know she's made some dumb choices with this RV purchasing and, but I also, I like her. I hate to say it. I like her. She's sweet. I would probably hang out with Janelle and find it to be fun. Okay. (laughs) Um, So anyways, they are going to be camping for the night. You know, as Janelle says, they get to cook out a lot on the fire. So it's like camping every night, which I'm sure is not that great after a few weeks. So Truly is making some s'mores. We find out that she loves, uh, you know, the super charred black outside of a marshmallow. And so, um, yeah, they're just having a good time and all that fun stuff. She says, Janelle says that she's trying to show Truly that it's it's cool to live out on the, the property. So, you know, she bought a bunch of sugary cereal and um, she just wants Truly to feel like it's like an amusement park staying with her. Like, I don't know if it's going to feel like that. I mean, it will probably feel like camping for a night. Um, but besides that, I don't think she's going to feel like she stayed at Disney for the night, Janelle. <laughs> and then Truly, this is kind of sad. Truly says, you know, they just had fun and... You know, they stargazed a little bit and stuff like that. And she knew it was just going to be the last time that she saw them for a few months. So she was kind of like a, "Mm, goodbye. (laughs) We find out that the first buyers backed out um, because Christine's house had some electrical problems she didn't know about. So they're getting those fixed. um, And now the new buyers want to move in early. So Christine, you got to get that shit out. Sorry, Brown family can't keep coming back for your shit for five years you gotta get it out (laughs) so um christine says that when she was back in flagstaff moving the rest of her stuff out robin and the kids drove by and waved yelled hi out the window yada 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 and you know christine says that she feels optimistic that things will be good with them but you know things are more broken than they've ever been in the family and we know it So we get to this topic of, oh, the label of being sister wives still, yada, yada, yada. Um, And we know Christine and Janelle are very close, but Christine doesn't think that she can call Janelle a sister wife anymore. Whatever. Like, what are the rules? I think any, it doesn't matter. Like, Janelle says that she considers out of all of the relationships with their sister wives, um, 
and what that relationship means that Christine was always at the heart of it. I would say so myself too. And, you know, Janelle points out that her and Mary have always struggled and there's a lot of problems with Robin. Care to elaborate? I want to hear more about this. (laughs) But in Janelle's head, Christine is the true definition of a sister wife. Aww. So, yeah, in her head, she still considers Janelle a sister wife. I find it hilarious she doesn't consider Mary a sister wife. (laughs) I'm sorry, I just find it so funny that Janelle is just kind of like, yeah, I guess Mary's there. (laughs) Um, Christine says that she hasn't spoken to Robin and Mary since they last talked, and it will probably stay that way. I love that she, she projects, maybe it could change in a few years. Let's let's throw that out in a few years. We'll see if that works out, okay? But um, Christine says there's not a lot of trust between the three of them right now. Yeah, I'd say so. So Christine is finally leaving all of her shits out of the house. This is probably a record time for a Brown family move, like I said. And so um, Christine says that she doesn't like being in the house in Flagstaff because everywhere else she goes, she's fearless and brave and confident And she feels like she can rise to every occasion. But when she goes back to Flagstaff, she is a wife in a loveless marriage going nowhere. Yikes. I mean, that's tough. But I also, I I get that. Going back to a place that you just know you don't want to be in anymore. And you don't associate a lot of good times with. I get that. I get that. So, yeah, she considers this a farewell to feeling like that. So, Go get you some, Christine. You are not a wife in a loveless marriage anymore. You are a fine, fierce woman. Cody is now going back over to Janelle's RV. And, you know, Cody says that living in the RV hasn't been a picnic. Uh, I don't think you've been living in that RV, Cody. Um, And that Cody says they are just ignoring the problems in their relationship. And he makes this little motion like we're just sweeping it under the rug. And then Cody is like towing a massive log that he got from Robin's house and he says it will make a good log. I don't know what they're going to use the log for, but Cody just insists that it's going to make a good log. Okay. Um, So Janelle has building plans that have been made up for her house. And so now they can take those plans to a builder uh, when when they're ready to break ground. So Cody and her look them over. And so, of course, Cody has to have his, you know, power visor on, his work gloves at the ready in case uh, a two by four needs to be moved, something like that. Janelle is explaining that the house is only going to be 1,200 square feet. So in Cody's mind, that's probably going to be like a shack. And... Again, it's going to be like a casita, and it will be a two-bedroom, since it's only Savannah living at home with her still, and also because Janelle is a reasonable person and doesn't need four extra bedrooms in her house. (coughs) Mary. (coughs) Oh, sorry. Did I say that? So, now we get into this fucking lot line talking again about, oh, who's lot, and blah, 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 blah. Originally, there was going to be four lots. And, you know, based on those divisions, the plans that Janelle had written up, her house would fit for that. I mean, her house would fit in the new ones, too. But Cody wants to divide the property into a five-lot subdivision, even though there are now only three-lot wives, in theory, that are going to be building since Christine is gone. But in Cody's mind, if they can get a fifth lot of the subdivision, that will increase the property value by 20%. Is that for certain? Because... What, 
I don't think all the lots are the same size, so would they be worth the same amount of money? Do they have the same amount of trees? Like, that all adds money to property, I thought. So, like, is that really a hard 20%? I don't think so. Anyways, Cody's just being fucking annoying. Again, like I said, this entire episode, he's trying to, like, real estate developer maven. He wants reta- He wants rental properties. He wants subdivisions, baby. He is ready to take over the Flagstaff housing scene. Um, so, anyways, he, I guess he now has this plan of him and the wives will live on the property, but he's also going to make this into, like, a subdivision with five lots so they can make some money. So essentially more work has to be done in dividing this lot um, before Janelle can build again. (laughs) So Janelle is going on some more and, you know, it's been a hard summer. Things aren't great between her and Cody. So, of course, now in Cody's mind, it's all of her fault. And, you know, she's inconveniencing him by wanting to make these plans and, and get them going. Cody says again... They have to pay off the land before they can get that extra lot divvied up and whatever. Like, it's always the fucking case. If I have to hear Cody say that they have to get this fucking lot paid off one more time, I'm gonna scream! (sighs) So the consensus is they need to get everyone together again to talk about the dividing. And I found this very funny. Cody says that he, Janelle thinks that she can just will her way into getting this whole thing built and stuff. But they just don't have the money to build yet. This is very funny because wasn't he just in the conversation while they were filling up water jugs saying that if there's a will, there's a way that she would be able to buy Christine's house and pay off Coyote Pass? So who who gets to have their will in their way? I So Janelle can't will her way into getting this house built and getting Coyote Pass paid off. The original point of you moving to Flagstaff. But she can be able to will her way into buying Christine's house. Of course, because that would be more convenient for Cody. (laughs) Janelle makes a funny point, and she says that she lives in a bureaucracy and that everything in her life is a committee decision. Uh, And that is very true, which is fucking funny that she finally says it. Um, And she says that's because they decided to work together. And, you know, not all plural families do that. Sometimes the husbands just divvy out their resources to each wife and they don't work together. But Janelle says that the last six or seven years they've started to make more separate financial decisions because, you know, they're thinking about estates, they're getting older, yada, 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 that type of stuff. But also their lives are very interconnected in a lot of ways, a la this fucking property that I guess they want to build on. So then we start seeing old pictures of all the kids together as they were young. And Cody says in a talking head at the beginning when they all came together as a family, they called it, quote, our children. But now as they've gotten older and the kids are leaving, it becomes more of my children and your children. Well, whose fault is that, Cody? You're the one that doesn't come around. <laughs> Cody makes the point that uh, since Robin is Robin, you know, is his, his favorite wife, He doesn't say that, but she still has all of her kids at home. And Janelle and Christine pretty much already have empty nests, almost. And so they are at different stages in their lives, which I guess makes it hard. I I guess I can understand. That has to be very interesting. And I can see why Christine and Janelle are fed up with dealing with Cody. Because they're like, I've raised kids. 
I want to enjoy time with my husband, enjoy the life that comes after raising kids, or enjoy, you know, having grown kids and the things I do with them. And Cody is still stuck in the fucking toddler years over at Robin's house. And Robin is, you know, like, oh, Cody's got to be with me all the time. So he has to go and be with his little kids at home while Janelle wants to go spend the holidays with her older kids without him. And in Cody's mind, he's fine with that because he's got the little kids. Okay. (laughs) But, you know, in Cody's mind, he says that he feels alone because he doesn't have other wives to support him in this. It's like, you have Robin to support you in that because that's where you want to spend your fucking time. Like, the other wives have their own lives and children to worry about. Why the fuck do they need to support you about having to go back to Robin's house? Like, they already did that shit, man. (laughs) Like, you can go back and focus on Robin and live in her fucking mansion if you want, but that's not their problem. So, Janelle asks Cody, when they're back at the RV, um, if anyone else has talked about starting to build on the property soon. (laughs) Oh, you sweet summer child. Cody says he doesn't talk to Mary about it, really. Not shocking. And that every time he talks about it with Mary, she seems really wishy-washy. But he would really like her to feel ready to start building, pretty much so that you know, she can contribute to paying off the property. And that's really all Cody sees Mary is good for, is just like, yeah, she can build here, and especially if she wants to help pay off the property. Um, and, you know, Janelle, I, Janelle knows Mary, and she knows how Mary is, and so she's telling Cody, you know, well, I guess the next step is figuring out where Mary wants to go on the property now that they want to rearrange these fucking lots, even though Christine's not involved, so why do you need an extra, extra lot? Whatever. So, you know, because let's not forget the saga of building Mary's Las Vegas house when she needed, you know, a five-bedroom house with a wet bar, and they had to try and find the money for that. (laughs) So Janelle knows, like, they need to get Mary signed off on this, and if things want to change. Remember that whole argument two seasons ago about whether she wanted to be in the trees or not, and... You know, Mary says in a talking head that, you know, she was undecided about the place for a while and she kind of makes up, she she brings reference to the, the whether she wants to be in the trees or not argument we had to deal with. And Mary's just fine where she decided to go, you know. Mary's easy breezy this season, okay? She's, she doesn't mind renting, you know, she's, she's fine to stick around in this family even though Cody doesn't have a fucking, it doesn't have any regard for her, doesn't give a shit if she's around, probably Cody could, Mary could walk right past him and he'd be like, oh, I guess I was Mary, huh? (laughs) (laughs) But you know, Mary's the easygoing one, she's the martyr, she was the one that gave money to Robin for her house, you know, all that type of shit. So, you know, Janelle ends her conversation with Chris, with Cody thinking they're on the same page about, you know, needing to have one more talk about dividing this fucking property and, um, you know, deciding where everyone will build, even though they had this conversation five fucking times already. Um, but in her talking head, Cody says that after all this COVID stuff, he just feels really disrespected and he doesn't want to bend over backwards when he feels disrespected. And what? So, fuck Janelle, I guess? Like, so in his mind, I guess Janelle just didn't follow his COVID rules, and he feels disrespected because her kids had opinions about that. So I guess fuck her, and she doesn't get to start building, and he's not in the position to bend over backwards for her right now, he says. What? 
He is such a child. Like, so you just don't want to help your wife actually get into the house she wants and help pay off this fucking property you've been owning for four years because she disrespected you. What a little baby bitch. Okay, Cody. So this is when Cody says his beautiful manosphere line of the episode. Cody has all these gems. There's so many of these good gems throughout the season. And I can't think of any off the top of my head right now. But this one for this episode is, Men don't feel love from women who don't respect them. He feels like Janelle struggles with respecting him. And he says maybe that's unfair of him or maybe that's just how they argue. But in Cody's mind, he thinks that if you don't respect him, then don't bother with the love. It just doesn't work in his world. <laughs> I, just the way he says that. If you don't respect me, then don't bother with the love. <laughs> because Cody's love language is respect and compliance. Remember that. So Cody gets back in his truck. He takes his big log that he's hauling and drives back to Robbins. <laughs> Um, so this final scene that we see, it's Christine is moving her, the last of her shit back out. So they kind of edited this in a weird fashion and she needs Cody to just help put her snowblower in her trailer and that's it so that she can load up the rest of her boxes up. So Cody shows up and he's ready to help her. And in a talking head, he goes, you know, I could help her load the whole thing. I don't, I don't know what else she's doing right now. And Cody or Christine says to Cody that she wants the snowblower in the front of the trailer because it's heavy and Cody goes off in this talking head explaining why that's wrong and how you want heavy stuff in the trailer in the front which is what Christine is saying because a snowblower I would assume is pretty heavy Uh, and so then if you have the weight in the front your trailer doesn't rock all over the road while you're driving it but of course he thinks that Christine should load all of her boxes in the front of the trailer because the snowblower is heavy, but it isn't a condensed type of heavy, so it doesn't have the same density. Yada, yada, yada. A bunch of Cody just going on about why his way of doing it would be better than Christine's. And Christine in her talking head is like, oh my god, I just need help with the snowblower. I just want him to put the snowblower in the front so he can leave and I can load up the rest of the stuff. <laughs> and Christine is like, keeps asking him as he's as he keeps suggesting, oh, load up the boxes first. She's like, oh, so are you going to help load up everything? And she's hoping Cody will say, no, I'm just going to help with the snowblower and leave. So then Co- Christine can say, "Let's. that's a great idea. Let's do that. <laughs> But of course, Cody has to put his two cents in and start micromanaging everything. Um, and then Cody goes on and says, will you even use the snowblower? We never had one in Utah. And Christine is like, yes, I will. And I'm so happy about it. It's like, yeah, she didn't. Ha- you probably didn't have a snowblower in Salt Lake City because you probably all had to fucking shovel it. And you live in, so- she's moving to Salt Lake City. Yes, yeah, she's going to need a fucking snowblower. You, you're from Utah, Cody. Have you ever lived there? Like, anyways, um, Cody then starts arguing with Christine. Mind you, Truly is also there seeing all of this. This episode is full of arguing in front of children, which I love. And (laughs) Christine, um, is trying to point out like, no, I need to take these boxes in my car versus what goes in the trailer. Again, Cody is just trying to micromanage everything about loading up this last bit of shit. And Christine, like, kind of stands in her power. 
And she says, you know, I know, Cody, thank you, but I'm going to be in control of this. Well, that kind of shuts Cody up a little bit, and so then he just quickly goes, grabs that snowblower, and starts hustling to put it in the trailer. You know, kind of that, like, gets a little huff in him and starts, you know, getting it done really quickly, and he is not happy, you can tell. (laughs) Christine did that whole, you know, I'm the captain now type of thing to Cody, and I guess he listened. (laughs) So Cody in a talking head says that, you know, she doesn't want to listen to actually good advice, so uh, whatever, let's get this done, I'll move this snowblower, and Christine is proving that she's the independent woman now by telling him how to pack, and it bothers him to the core. What a little fucking man me. Like, oh, Cody, you are giving such small dick energy. You are so bothered because Christine was like, no, I want to pack up my shit this way. So if you could just put up in the snowblower, that'd be great. That bothers him to the core, everybody. (laughs) So, you know, Cody gets the snowblower packed and, you know, fuck Christine. Her bitch ass wanted to put it in the front of the trailer. And... Christine then says in a talking head that she thinks it's important to be independent as a plural wife because the guy isn't isn't around and being independent is one of her favorite qualities about herself because she can just go and get shit done. Hell yeah, girl. Love that. Cody continues packing shit and starts making orders, you know, about like, oh, pack the soft stuff in now. And in a talking head, he says that they've had arguments like this for forever, but he was in charge. He just flat out admits it. He's like, you know, we used to fight like this all the time, but I was in fucking charge, okay? God damn it. (laughs) But now Christine has reversed the roles, and you know that chaps Cody's ass. And he says, you know, and and this isn't a talking head. Cody goes, I don't have to help you. No, you don't. And Christine didn't really need your help at all except to fucking put the snowblower in the trailer. So do that and leave. Cody is definitely the type of person that helps people that didn't ask for help. Well, or helps them more than what they asked for or need. And then is like, I didn't have to do this. It was like, well, nobody asked you. So, no, you didn't have to do it. Bye. (laughs) Then in, in a reflection, Cody says that he knows he is poisoning his other marriages with Janelle and Robin. Um, because he just doesn't know where he fits in his family. And he's out of his frame and out of his purpose. (laughs) Poor Cody, he's out of his purpose. And then we're supposed to believe that Cody is still religious or spiritual or whatever. And, you know, Cody says that he's spiritually off course. He's a mess. And he just, he doesn't know what will put him back on course spiritually. Mm -mm -mm. Gosh, Cody, you spiritual religious man. When has the last time you've been to fucking church? 2015? Maybe? What? Because I know you have not found any sort of AUB, FLDS type of church there in Flagstaff. All you've found is probably gun nuts and COVID deniers. So, mm-mm-mm. No, no offense to my uh, Flagstaff listeners, if there's anybody there. Um, but we know the type of company Cody likes to keep. <laughs> So then uh, in the driveway, Cody says goodbye to Truly, and he's like, give me a real hug just because I'm sweaty. I did all the work. Okay, snarky. And Christine even is like, mm, babe, I don't think so. <laughs> so, um, you know, they get into the car, and in a talking head, Christine says, I think we all learned a lesson here today. 
I could stand up for myself and be strong and make a stand. And I can never ask him for help again. And both have been great decisions. <laughs> I love that. That's great. And I never have to ask him for help again. That has to be the best feeling ever, Christine. Good for you. Cody says, you know, this is the end of an era for the family. And, you know, Christine is gone. And Cody can't tell if he's relieved or if he's disappointed. I think you're probably relieved, Cody. You just don't want to act like you are because it will make you look like the idiot that you are and that you really didn't love Christine because you didn't. <laughs> and then Cody continues saying that she's called him a lot of things since all of this has happened and that she know he knows that Co Christine has called him cowardly. And, you know, maybe he has been cowardly and he didn't tell Christine that he actually didn't really like her. Oh, that's a... Ooh, sick burn. And then Cody continues to say, but at least he didn't quit. Yes, Cody, at least you decided to stay miserable because you knew that you could go to Robin's house and be in a fulfilling monogamous relationship with her. And fuck Christine for just wanting to not be fulfilled. And, you know, wanting to be, well, not wanting to be unfulfilled by you and be in a loveless marriage. Ugh, that bitch. Um, anyways, so Cody says that when his anger settles, he hopes he feels differently, um, and he just doesn't want to feel heartbreak in this. God forbid you feel heartbreak. Like, again, Cody, God forbid Cody feels any sort of, like, sad emotion or a vulnerable emotion. You know, heartbreak is for women and gay people, okay? In Cody's mind. Fuck being heartbroken. Oh, that's the worst. <laughs> So then Christine and Truly drive away in the trailer and Cody stands at the end of the driveway staring down the road, his curly girl hair waving in the cool flagstaff breeze. He's got his power visor and work gloves on and just taking it all in. <laughs> and that's where the episode ends. Um, the preview for next week looks really fucking good. Uh, Cody is sitting down with Janelle and it looks like... Um, he is in her face, like, saying their relationship is shit and they haven't been honest with each other. He starts saying shit like, maybe this isn't a good fit. And I'm like, what? Cody, you are not going to be the person that leaves Janelle. Janelle gets to leave your ass. You don't get to leave her. Mm-mm-mm. And then we see, finally, um, the part in, that they were shown in the trailers. COVID gets Robin's unvaccinated ass. Shocker. <laughs> They build suspense around this whole thing that Robin's, like, close to death and, hmm, if only there was this thing that you could get for free that pretty much makes it nearly impossible to die from COVID. What is that, like a, a vaccine or something? Oh, God. Man, too bad we don't have any of those. <clears throat> Fucking idiot. Anyways, I'm excited for it. Looks like a good episode. <laughs> Anyways, um, next week... I have some really exciting stuff. I think my friend Ashley is going to be a guest, our first guest on the podcast. We're not going to talk the new episode of Sister Wives um, just because it will take time. We'll have to watch the episode and, you know, that type of stuff. Um, but I think we're going to talk overall thoughts and feelings on the season this far, season so far. She, I don't think is caught up on every episode, but she's got the gist of this season and um, I was also thinking maybe we'll talk about an old episode from, I don't know, maybe, 
a wedding episode or something or one a moving episode. I don't know. I'm still thinking about it. I got a week or so to decide. But yeah, I'm really excited to finally have our first guest on the podcast. I'm hoping I can make that more of a thing in future episodes. Uh, I just don't want to pressure people if they aren't comfortable talking on the mic or, you know, that type of stuff. But um, if you have a podcast that you... Or, you know, and you like this one, and maybe you want to collab, you want to have a little episode, hit your girl up. I'm always in the mood to talk reality TV with people and make new friends over it. So, yeah. Anyways, I hope everybody has a good rest of your week. I don't know what else I have to talk about. That's about it. This episode was a doozy. Fucking Cody Brown. Always being an asshole. But I, again, appreciate everybody listening and subscribing. Please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you're listening, if you can leave a review. Um, you know, follow me on Instagram at Adventures in Reality TV. We also have a Twitter at Advent in Reality. I have a Gmail. I have email, but it's uh, adventuresinrealitytv at gmail.com. So yeah, get a hold of me if you have thoughts, feelings, opinions on reality TV. Are there shows you're watching that I haven't talked about that you find really interesting? Um, Even if, are you watching unscripted? Or I'm sorry, are you watching scripted TV? I've been watching some really good shit on Netflix. Just, yeah, holler at your girl. Anyways, um, I think that's all I got. So be good to one another. Don't be an asshole. Bye. This has been a production of See Money Entertainment. Follow us on Instagram at Adventures in Reality TV or on Twitter at Advent in Reality.